Hey, thank you, Kaylee and Sydney. I'm really excited to be here today. And really with this audience here in Chattanooga and everybody online, and to share some of the thoughts that we have about the future of freight. Now, when you think about the future of freight, before we get started about talking about that discussion, which by the way, the session this morning makes me even more motivated to think about the changes we need to make. But before we talk about changing the future of freight, we're gonna take a little bit of time and step back into the past. We're gonna talk about a few milestones and things that took place and discuss what we can learn from that. And then we're also going to shift into kind of this weird world that we live in today and talk about the challenges that we're experiencing. But ultimately, we're gonna discuss some changes that we can make to change the future of freight. So starting with the past, a few of you might recall that in 2015, we released a white paper called 660 Minutes how improving driving efficiency can increase capacity. Well, one of the key stats that came from that research was this number. Six and a half hours of drive time out of the 11 hours that our drivers have available to drive was all that our nation's drivers were using. Tremendously inefficient. And when you think about that number, you also think about then the transition of technology in the cab. So by 2019, ELDs were in every cab in America, regulating our drivers' hours of operation and their brakes. And there were a lot of challenges with that. Those challenges for our drivers were tried to be addressed with some changes to the regulations. In 2020, the FMCSA made changes to try to help our drivers with the day-to-day -day operational challenges and create more flexibility. But look at 2022. We worked with FreightWaves and tried to do some research to understand, okay, has things changed? You can see from a driver's perspective, nothing has changed. Actually, it's gotten worse. Our nation's drivers are only driving 6.37 hours of the available 11 that they have to drive. So when you think about that stat, we should go back to where we ended our 2015 white paper. We ended it with this statement. We said that shippers can create strategic relationships with carriers if they treat the driver's hours as a perishable commodity and do everything that we can to get them back on the road and eliminate the time spent not driving. Well, when you think about the reality of where we are today, we're gonna release a white paper soon as an update. And in that update, it's gonna show that where we're at today, the challenges that existed then, the disconnects in our network that create this inefficiency, they still remain. When you combine that with the economic uncertainties, a lot of the stuff that Peter talked about it a minute ago, and the current disconnects of supply and demand across our supply chains, all of us here and all of us online, we've got our work cut out for us as an industry. So right out of the gate, we have a choice we have a choice about how we can change the future of freight. Now, we can continue to do things the way we've been doing them. Or, as one customer, Rob, that I talked to recently, shared, when I shared this information, he said, we should all be now even more motivated than ever to make changes to improve our supply chains. Okay, now while you might feel a little bit frustrated with this number, 
the changes that haven't happened haven't been for a, lot, a lack of effort. When you think about what we've done as an industry, uh, we've all been working extremely hard, extremely hard to create new technology, new technology that can create unique solutions for drivers, shippers, and carriers alike. FreightWaves recently talked about since 2011, our industry on a global basis has invested over $302 billion in supply chain technology, all in an effort in a search for this efficiency. And we've been focused on creating access, transparency, and visibility because we know that can transform our work. And I would say today that our carriers, drivers, and shippers have benefited from new ways to search, to match, uh, capacity and freight, and also with data insights. But here's the challenge. Our industry remains extremely fragmented. We execute in silos. And while new entrants and existing players have created new apps, new platforms, new services, our people, our data remains disconnected. And so with this challenge, you might think about, okay, as we move to the future, where do we start? Where do we focus now? Well, I believe that we need to listen to our drivers and our customers. And so from a driver perspective, FreightWaves recently did a study and a survey, and they asked drivers about common challenges that they're experiencing and things that they would like to change. Well, one of the top challenges that they experience is really meeting all of our expectations to deliver on time, to pick up on time, and to do that while they're balancing the daily variabilities of their life on the road. Those variabilities put them in, a, in tough spots and where they're really asking all of us for the flexibility to schedule and make changes to really static networks. And we know that that flexibility, from their words, can reduce delays, reduce detention, and create a better experience for them. In addition to scheduling flexibility, the drivers shared with us that they want consistent loads, fair and quick compensation, as well as safe parking. It remains a big challenge for us. And then to have people at the docks ready to work with them when they arrive. So all of us need to continue to focus in on how we can give our drivers more time to drive help them reduce costs, and give them a better experience on the road. Okay, well, what about our customers? Our customers, we had a recent conversation where we hosted a forum in Chicago, and we asked this question, where would you like us to invest? Where would you like us to invest in capacity and technology on your behalf? Well, from a tech perspective, they shared this thought that they really weren't looking for new applications, new platforms, but they were looking for ways to gain leverage and find efficiencies out of the tech investments they've already made. And here's the story that kind of backs that up. The challenge that they shared with us was as they're working with all of us as carriers and brokers, each of us have unique systems, kind of different defined data standards, we connect in unique ways. We communicate in different ways. And what happens with that? Well, it creates gaps in data. It creates challenges with what we communicate. 
that ultimately increases inefficiencies, creates opportunities for us that we have to rework, wasting time and costing money. So when our customers look forward, they're really trying to solve things somewhat the way they always have, and they're looking for reliable capacity that can provide consistent service with visibility as they search for new ways to lower costs in their supply chain. So we've heard from our drivers, we've heard from our customers, and before we move forward, we need to think about what are the foundations in our industry that we can really stand on and count on? Well, I'll share three of them. And they're the same three that our president, Shelley Simpson, shared when she was on this stage in Arkansas just about seven months ago. At J.B. Hunt, we believe that the foundations of people you trust, technology that empowers, and capacity to deliver have helped us adapt and accelerate really through all of the shifts and challenges that our industry goes through. But I believe that's not only important to J.B. Hunt. That's important to all of us. And let me say it this way. In this room and online and in our industry, we have wonderful people. We have amazing people in our industry. And our relationships are really what gets us through. This is still a relationship business. But we need to continue to invest in each other, to empower each other, to encourage each other, and to make sure that we have a voice, that every person in our industry has a voice that's heard. Because we can lean into the experiences of each other, regardless of what role we play, regardless of where we're located. And I believe if we lean into that experience, I trust that we can improve our supply chains, making them safer, more productive, and more efficient. Also, from a tech perspective, we have to continue the investment. We have to invest in new ways to connect. We have to invest in automating and simplifying workflows that really empower each of us to create new value. And let me say this, if you go back to that driver and customer conversation, and if we listen to them, we should think about where should we start? How could we possibly combine dock level insights with capacity visibility and keep our drivers and our supply chains moving? And last, from a capacity perspective, our industry needs to continue to invest in agile, scalable capacity that can efficiently move any shipment via the right mode to meet our customers' expectations every day. But also our CIO, Stuart Scott, he shares this idea that we need to invest really in our human capacity because we need our human intelligence to solve our supply chain's biggest problems. So we've talked about our challenges, our tech investments, and really our foundations. But let's also shift into where we are today. Now, we're kind of in this uh, stranger things kind of world. We're in this strange world as our products really move through this remarkable journey from the first, middle, and final mile. Multiple touches, carriers, connections. And what's happened recently and is still happening today is there's tremendous variability and volatility in our supply chains, causing each of us to act and react in different ways often magnifying the problems that exist or amplifying those. 
And what's happened, the results are increased inventory, gridlocked capacity, and we've also continued to waste people's time and energy. So an example of this is really created because we live in this fragmented network. We live in systems that execute in silos, and we still don't have the visibility to make all the right decisions every day. So let me break this down to what I believe is a, a classic example, and it's very personal to, I think, each of us that we can relate to. Let's talk about a driver who arrives at his destination six hours late. What happens with that? Well, the questions start to be asked. Why were you late? They ask the driver. We ask the carrier. Were there any things that we could have done differently to change that outcome? What about how can we prevent that outcome in the future? And those are all the right questions. We all ask them. We're searching for that root cause. But go back to this disconnected, fragmented network. The answer might not lie with the carrier and the driver. It might be further back in the links of the supply chain. Perhaps there wasn't a chassis available at the port for a container. Perhaps the shipper had staffing challenges that day. Or maybe there was a delay at a cross dock that caused this delay at the final destination. Whatever the reason, we know that the challenges of finding really the root cause to create solutions to make lasting change are extremely difficult. And it's because our networks constantly shift. The pieces of our supply chain puzzle are scattered through our industry every day, and they're moving around. And it's not, again, because we want that to happen. We want to implement permanent solutions to drive out the inefficiencies, to minimize the variabilities. But when you think about that, it's like, who are we going to trust to make that happen? I would say that in the current environment, we've somewhat adapted to the variability. And we do adapt through different things in our industry all the time. But unfortunately, I think that the way that we've adapted is by increasing costs. Our inventories are higher. We're ordering more equipment. Sometimes we see bids that come in with inflated load volumes in order to secure capacity. We may be over-scheduling our appointments at our shipping and receiving docks, or even charging more for detention and wait time. Our supply chains and the future of freight demand that we do better, and I believe we can. Okay, so now let's go back to our customers. In our customer conversation, our customers also not only shared the concerns that they have, but they shared new ideas, new ideas about how we can change the future and ideas about connecting data differently, making things actionable in real time, integrating different data into the workflows of their teams and ours. And they had one really, really big idea. This concept of creating a network of networks, creating what may be called a connected ecosystem. How would we do that? Well, within that connected ecosystem, I think that our customers almost gave us a glimpse into the future. And I think each of you in this room and online might be able to see the future too. And let me explain. We're currently working independently on different segments of our supply chain. 
We work on different solutions on a customer-by-customer basis. But inside those different segments and with those solutions for individual customers, we are creating tremendous value. And here's an example of that. The example comes as we're connecting things from an end-to-end basis. An end-to-end basis for our customers where we can create new value. And as one of the ways that we're working with a customer in Southern California, as they're bringing in goods to the port, we've created an opportunity to control with our equipment, our tractors, our ocean chassis, to go make the pickup at the port, dray it to our transload. Our transload, we're connected with that customer to see their demand data. We see that data in real time, and we make dynamic selections to determine should that next shipment go on an intermodal container, a 360 box, or another carrier's trailer. We move that shipment to the final destination. And what you can see is this end-to-end connectivity, this control, flexibility, and speed that creates tremendous value. Well, that value has resulted in this. Our customer has reduced their transit from Asia to their destination DC by 10 days. You take that reduction and you reduce the inventory carrying costs. You take the visibility and the improved service. You reduce customer penalties and fines. They're saving now $1.3 million a year. They're saving $1.3 million while increasing their customer satisfaction. Okay. You might say, well, why is that a glimpse into the future? When you think about the future of freight, you could think about how could we take that simple example of creating an end-to-end solution and value with one segment of the supply chain, with one customer, and expand that across the fragmented networks that we work in. If we're able to create new connections, to take advantage of the opportunity to work together differently, we can create value not just at one segment, but through the common links in the supply chain. That, I believe, is what the future of freight is. Now, let me go back to the example of where the driver was late. And let's change the future. Let's change the future with this connected network in mind. When you think about that late driver, now consider the fact that there was another driver that arrived six hours early. And let's go back to our questions. We asked why. Why did she arrive six hours early? Well, she arrived six hours early because, think about at the pickup that she just went to, she went to pick up her shipment and assumed that she was going to be executing a live load that was going to take time. But she showed up and the customer had actually loaded a 360 box, saving her time and getting her down the road early. But now she's at the same receiver six hours ahead of time and waiting. But now we have, while she's waiting, the same driver who's going to be late is becoming more and more concerned about what's gonna happen when the appointment gets rescheduled. Is he gonna have to waste an entire day and wait till tomorrow to get unloaded? But here's where the future opportunity comes in. What if we had connected networks? And even though these drivers are working on different apps, each of them with different companies, different platforms, but we were able to share data with them that showed how the puzzle was not gonna fit and made a recommendation for them to swap appointments in real time. 
They were able to swap appointments and both drivers were able to continue moving. The dock was gonna continue to be productive and customer service improved. That example is the example of what the future of freight can look like. Now in this room, you might be thinking, well, that's kind of a pretty narrow focus. But go back to listening to what our customers and our drivers are saying. They want us to start here. They want us to start at the dock. They want us to create new connections and empower each other at the dock level first. But okay, let's take that narrow image. And in this room and online, we've got big thinkers. So let's think big. What if we took that same connectivity worked back up through the links in the supply chain, and we created that connectivity at the dock, at the gate, at the next terminal, at the rail ramp, and at the port. How much value could we create? How much variability could we eliminate? We could definitely give drivers more time to drive and make more money. We could better align work schedules. We could create new and efficient ways, minimizing empty miles, reducing our impact on the environment. We could do that and also eliminate some of these bottlenecks that we've experienced and ultimately reduce costs and provide a better experience for all. That's what we believe is the future of freight. But at J.B. Hunt, we know we can't do that alone. We can't do that by ourselves. We have to do that by working together. We have to do that by creating an open exchange of data, and being open-minded to cooperate in new ways. If we're able to do that, we believe then we can create the most efficient transportation network in North America. All right, now this leads us to the future. When you think about the future of freight, we don't have to wait for the opportunity. The opportunity exists today. That opportunity for us to connect and collaborate in new ways. And we believe that we can connect each other across any platform to connect each of us to the people you trust, the technology that empowers, and the capacity to deliver. We know if we do that, that can unlock new value in our supply chains. But let me say this, it's not a matter of just talking about it. It's not a matter of just sharing these words today on stage. It's really where we're at today is to embrace this idea, to take meaningful action now. And so I'm proud to say that we have already reached out to other industry leaders. We've shared this idea of creating new connections, new scheduling standards across common links in our supply chain. The idea of connecting data and integrating that into the workflows of our shippers, receivers, carriers, and brokers in a new way to create value. So that conversation is gonna lead to an announcement here in the next few weeks where you're gonna understand what that opportunity is, where we think that the future is coming together. And we'll believe that future of coming together can create value, and it's going to begin this new era of cooperation, connectivity, and value creation. So thank you very much.